Hi, welcome to episode 41 of Invest in You. Today's guest is Tor Porthes and he is currently in London. Hi guys, this is Frederick. I just like to say a few things about Tor before we jump straight in. Tor is a successful property developer, he is a property successful investor and also lately he has been working with a, a fintech company called Crowd with us. And full disclaimer, I'm slightly biased because I'm not only sitting on the board, I'm also one of the investors and shareholders. I am very happy to have Tor on the podcast because he's very experienced and I look forward to share a wealth of ideas with him, especially how we set up a business in the early days, including how do you fund it to survive the day and then to scale it to something far, far greater maybe greater than you have ever thought would be possible. So without further ado, are you ready, Charlie? Yes. Let's jump in and see what we got to say. Absolutely. Here we go. Who are you, Tor? Good question, um, young man. <laughs> um, so I'm Tor, I'm one of the founding partners at Crowd with Us, along with Rob Pasternak and Rob Wilkinson. And your father, Frederick, is who we consider a founding partner with us, albeit he came in, you know, probably a year or, or a bit later after us. So we've set up a crowdfunding website and crowdfunding property development deals is our main forte. And we basically match make investors to property development deals in the UK. Perfect. I, I remember when we bumped into each other many, many years ago. Uh, I was early on. I had been to many property network meetings. I thought... This is a really cool guy because he's doing lots of deals and he's got very high activity level. I still remember that today. I remember that too, Frederick. And you were very active and very quick to hit the scene. Um, you're very proactive and you're doing some massive deals. So it was interesting that we connected. It was probably almost a year ago now, was it, Frederick? Where yeah, yeah we exactly. Connected and hence um, you know, formed a formal business partnership in Crowdworks. Uh, I just like to give the audience just a, a flavor of like how this this partnership came to be. Uh, I was looking into the different crowdfunding platforms uh, across the UK. They are all at different stages. Everything from like very much an idea to seed to they're up and running to they have been up and running for a couple of years. And I thought, okay, who would I like to invest in myself? And in the end of the day, I invest very much in the team. And then also into like the systems and then the future potential. So the matchmaking that happened is, of course, because of our existing relationship and the trust. Uh, and also very much the timing of your business, uh, where you were at that very moment when I was also looking. So, yeah, it was uh, yeah one of those uh, Costa coffee moments. Or I think it was Starbucks. Yes, indeed it was. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things I recall, Frederick, is that you were interested in the technology aspect of the crowdfunding business and you know the, the tech that ultimately allows scale yeah and um, you know by the time you'd contacted us we we'd actually built platform from our own cash and you know with Rob Pasternak working with our programmers in Poland and we, we built all the tech and had active deals of course we've scaled that this year um, yep. you know where we're basically working with multiple investors digitally through the platform and facilitating multiple property development deals. Yeah, so for the purpose of this uh, podcast, I'm sure we'll have many more uh, as a series. But this one, let's focus on like the entrepreneurial journey, how we kind of came, came together, work with other people, uh, some of the challenges, how we got through them, and then also some of the like early wins. So, Sean and Ivan, any kind of question to, to start off? 
Anything? Well, our podcast name is Invest in You. What is investing in yourself uh, mean to you? Did you say invest in you, Charlie? Yeah, the podcast is Invest in You. What does investing in yourself mean to you? Oh, interesting. That's a very good question from someone as young as yourself, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, investing in ourselves, I guess not long before you and I met, Frederick, I um, was in the building trade in the UK here, used to travel around with Irish builders, mainly doing shop fitting and construction, um, building flats in Dublin, and I'd made a decision that I wanted to get into the property game in the UK, and I realized London was probably the place to be, to learn. So in terms of investing in myself, you know, I, I made a decision to joined some networks and that's where I, I met Simon Zucci um, who Frederick knows and has worked with as well and that, that's really what started me on my journey so I did a few property courses there and read loads of books most of the books I read were from the US which is a lot further advanced than we are in some respects here in the UK and that's really where it started so um, I started buying properties in London with friends and colleagues and that has grown over the years to extend to other investors. And in terms of the investing in ourselves aspect, I guess you could say that, yeah, it's a continuous journey, you know, doing deals, working with other people, you know, working with Rob Wilkinson and Rob Pastanak, my two co-founders. Rob Wilkinson and I actually met at an NLP workshop, which I know Frederick is into, and probably you, Charlie, and Ivan are into as well, knowing your dad. <laughs> Um, so we were investing in ourselves there. We did two weeks of NLP, which is basically about communicating with ourselves firstly and then ultimately uh, communicating out, outwardly with others, which is you know, effectively what a lot of good business stems from is you know, building the team and, and working well with people. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit like the stuff we did at I, sorry, iLab, I think. Yes. So can you remember those core skills you focused on the early, early days uh, as part of your property journey uh, I, I've got two in particular I think about let's see if we pick the same ones what kind of like core things did you really focus on that helped your journey the most in the early days yeah interesting Frederick I think there's probably one <laughs> not two that we're both very interested in yep. uh, which is selling and thank you and that's stuff. one tick yes Yes, and deal making. They're yep. my two favourites. Is that your second? Yeah, no, uh, no, I, you, they're absolutely right, and they're also connected. Uh, another thing that I thought was really cool when you started, when we met uh, earlier on, was your massive investment in terms of efforts and also some money into marketing. Yes, yeah, of course. I mean, marketing and sales are the two core aspects of the business along with obviously the the product and the financial aspect yes so many of the people listening into to the podcast there are different stages of the entrepreneurial journey some and quite a few are actually in, in in property can you remember some of your earlier wins in marketing that actually led also to a dialogue and and sales later what did you do in marketing to to get inbound traffic, not only just knocking on doors, so to speak. Yeah, it's interesting. So I was working with a couple of Australians, and I've worked with a guy called Thomas over the years. We've done multiple deals, and we tried all sorts of marketing, from leafleting, which we bought three houses off in London. We used to advertise in 20 different newspapers. We used SEO and Google AdWords. Yep. But me personally, I guess probably because I was interested in it, that the biggest 
form of marketing that drew leads and partnerships was public speaking yep. and presenting at events, which is, I think that's how you and I met, Frederick, at the time both of us were doing presenting. You know, it's a good way to leverage. And obviously with digital technology, you know, that, that can be scaled because it's like this podcast, you know, we can have this chat and that can go out to hundreds and thousands of people. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. And you should really send this to some of your friends back in Australia when you got the link later. So they were like, what? Because many of them have lost track of you. I'm sure they have. They have no idea what you've been up to the last five, ten plus years. Uh, yeah. hi- hiding in a different country like myself. Yeah, exactly. People would be surprised. We use carrier pigeons out in Australia. <laughs> I'm from. <laughs> All right, good one. Okay, any questions that pops up for you, any of you? Well, you lived in, uh, what have you lived in Australia? It's born in there. Yeah, I figured that. So how, how long have you been living in Australia? Yes, I was born and bred there, Charlie, and I left when I was 27, it would have been. Now, what was the main reason for moving? I just went traveling, actually. I went traveling to Europe with a backpack, and I didn't yep. know if it was going to be six weeks, six months, or six years. <laughs> it's actually been 13 years so far, yep. and we are. Well, your friends might be wondering where you are now. <laughs> But as if you haven't had any contact with yeah, them. Exactly, exactly. So, so crowd with us is like being a piece in the puzzle, right? If I understand it correctly. Uh, yeah, it is. So yeah. how how does the the crowd with us work as like a business concept? Well, he talked about like a piece in the puzzle, which is like somewhere in the middle. How Co- does it fit connecting, in? Connecting, it's connecting the buyer to the seller. Yeah, the seller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, Ivan. So I guess the reason we started Crowd with us was to leverage using tech. So it's it's about scaling what was already an existing model where we were doing multiple property deals and we had multiple investors. And I guess the inception of the business was to uh, use technology to scale that. So hence, you know, I went out to look for a business partner. It turned out to be a couple of business partners and more. Yeah. Um, really. We, you know, I recognize that it would be useful to have a, a business partner who was adapted internet marketing and using technology. And hence, that's where, you know, Rob Pastanet came in. Yes. Um, I met him at Rob Wilkinson's wedding in Iceland. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was actually the seventh person that I'd spoken to um, about this business. He didn't actually realize that we were, you know, I was <laughs> head hunting. <laughs> We were walking about in Iceland before the yeah. wedding. Um, so, yeah, what, what Crowd With Us does is it basically uses technology to enable investors who, you know, might not have the time or they might not have the interest to spend as much time as we do to go out and invest in what we hope are decent and profitable property deals. So, you're clear on that, even So, yeah. basically helping to find the money by having systems and, and uh, a platform in place. Yeah, ultimately meaning that developers can build what they intend to and then return the money through the platform systems back to an investor with some kind of profit. Okay, I understand. Cool, perfect. All right, so again, that was like when you met earlier on uh, and then you you, you teamed up and uh, how, how does one set up a crowdfunding platform? I know many people have been doing this with various success. Yeah, it's a good question, Frederick. So we, we started with the idea. Um, there were three of us, um, you know, Rob W., Rob P., and myself, and we funded it with our own cash. And I, I guess the, the main thing at the start was building the platform. 
and you know all the tech that goes with that. So we have a payment services firm which allows us to distribute all the proceeds to hundreds of investors at the click of a button. It also yep. helps us to fund the money for projects at the click of a button. We do all the anti-money laundering and know your client eligibility tests on yep. all bank investors. And where we're taking it is we want to use the technology to basically do what we do manually when we're appraising deals. We, we want to do that using digital technology where we can basically collate the data and analyze it digitally. Yep. You know, we're moving into artificial intelligence. So, yeah, that, that's where we're going now, and that's the, what we're building now. But to, to get started, we didn't have to build that. We just had to build a platform and mainly comply with regulatory constraints and, you know, just the regulatory law of the UK. That They're the two biggest things that we had to do. Okay, so you mentioned that in terms of the funding. So initially you did what some people in America, for example, call like bootstrap. You work very much with, like, work hard to find your own money within and, and, and hold the whole ownership, so to speak. How has that evolved since? Yeah, so we self-funded and there came a point where we realized that we, you know, we, we always knew that we'd need outside funding, but I guess what you're hinting at, Frederick, is, yeah, we wanted to build as much as we could and get deals going through using our own cash before we started giving shares to outside investors. So that that's what we've been doing this year as we raised outside investment. Um, and that's obviously where Frederick and, you know, crowd with us all teamed up. Yep. And we're going to be doing more of that next year to scale up. So we're probably going to be looking at raising 800,000 to a million yep. in our next round. Yeah, I'm quite sure at roughly the time when this might be live, there might even be some, some collateral available if People like to find out more about that as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so no pressure there. Now, so now we have to uh, to create a very nice investor pack tour together with the team. I look forward to to review that one and share it with the right kind of people. That's all needs to be ready before Christmas, so we're ready exactly. to launch. Th- thanks in advance for for that that work already now. Okay, yeah. so uh, again. This is very much a typical, perfect example of uh, the entrepreneur journey in early days. So you start with real hard work, sweat equity, you put everything in, and now you, you've also got more of a team around you, right? That's right. Yeah, so you came on board, Frederick, and I guess you were one of the, well, actually, you were the first outside investor that came on board, um, and you're, you're more like a partner because you came in early doors with us. Yep. You've been sticking your time in as well. Um, and then we have an outside board advisor, Jeff Wright, who we met down here in London. And we have started building the team. And some of the team are actually investors in the business as well. Yep. So you know, some of them have invested cash as equity into the business. And some of them are actually working for equity, you know, working for shares in the business. So it, we find it a good model because everyone is highly incentivized to, you know, make the business succeed and perform. We've all, we've all, you know, got a vested interest in the yeah. business. I think I think that's a perfect example of having the like the the buying, not just I do this so asking at the seller for the day, but actually I'm building something far greater for the long haul, which can can pay in many different ways. And the tech sector is a great space to do this and now we combine like property tech fintech and then also like the entrepreneurs building from like pure tech as well so i think you're, you're on to something that's of course why, why i'm more than slightly biased mm-hmm. right even as what else brings to mind in terms of what happens in the early days of, of a business 
Well, uh, what kind of goals did, did you have then and what kind of goals do you have now with the business? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Ivan. So when we started the platform, we were actually building it so that we could crowdfund our own property development deals. So we did a year of that. We did quite a few deals. Um, and we worked many long days and nights. Yep. So by the time we got to the end of that year, which was the end of last year, we, we actually realized that we needed to do one or the other. So we, we did have a target of property deals. I think we crowdfunded eight deals last year of our own. But of course, we were limited in the fact that we were building the platform and trying to do the deals ourselves. So this year, our target's totally different because we've decided that we're just going to be financiers and not the actual property developers. So our target for the first year, this year we've crowdfunded, I think, about two and a half million in money into deals. Next year, the target will be around six million. And the second year, we haven't just, you know, worked that out. Ola's still working on our financial projections. Yep. Yep. That's, that, that, that's essentially what our goal is for the next 12 yep. months is six million. Gut, gut, gut feeling you, you will do a lot more than that. I also probably put some deals into the sausage machine as well. Uh, exactly. I look forward to that. If we can get some of your deals in, I mean, yeah, as you know, the last deal was, <laughs> sausage machine. was a million pounds and we did that in a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, and also, there are so many ways how we can do like crowdfunding. Uh, another thing which I find really cool uh, is that most... Uh, raise for example the equity part uh, so like the very much the, the first charge chunk which is of course one way to do it but you also got some other slightly more creative ways to do it than just the typical that you you're acting like a bank basically you're, you got some other tools in the toolkit what is that if you keep it super simple for the, for a layman please yeah so i guess our two main products are debt and equity so yep. debt is where we raise money from investors who essentially lend money to the developers. But like you said, Frederick, some platforms will lend the first charge. We decided that we, you know, we thought that space was well enough funded. So we're more interested in funding the second charge, yes. which is the mezzanine finance for the deposit for in putting it in layperson's terms. Um, and that can be funded using debt or what we prefer to do is we raise it as equity. So, for example, if the bank puts in 70%, so development finance bank, we will typically go out and get 30% from investors as equity. So, yeah, the investors have shares in the deal with the property developer. Cool. Let, let's now double-check that Charlie and Ivan can understand what that actually means. So, Charlie has drawn a house here. So, <laughs> in, the, in this case, the bank is paying up to here, which is like two-thirds-ish. Mm-hmm. And then this top part here is what could come from the crowdfunding platform, which means okay. in theory, if the deal is really, really good and the developer is very uh, experienced, uh, it might be even getting close to 100% of financing, assuming that the deal and everything else is right. Is that That's correct? Yeah, I mean, in rough numbers, that the bank will stick in, you know, development bank will yep. stick in 70%. And then the investors will stick in 27%, yep. and the developer would stick in 3%. Yep. Cool. So, so it means that everyone there, the bank and, and the investors, and also, of course, the developers all got joint interest. Uh, and even if the developer might not put in a massive amount of money, the, the delivery of a successful project is very much where they will get paid. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So wait, which 
If it's a more successful deal, which one paid the most then? It's a good question, Ivan. So there, there are different ways to structure deals, and I guess the plain vanilla standard way would be that if the investors stick in all of the cash, or you know, say 90% of the cash, which is what our model is, and the developers sticking in say 10%, or they might, you know, they might have stuck some time or money in when they got the deal off the ground, um, that would be a 50-50 deal in some cases. So the investors would make 50%. And the developer would make 50% of the profit. Yes. That's where everyone is sharing the risk. But you could have two variations of that where the developer makes potentially more profit, but they would be sticking in more risk if they did that. And similarly, sometimes a developer will give the investors more profit if they think that the investors are sticking in more risk. Yep. Cool. All right, so we covered a little bit like how you started, how you got moving, uh, some of the funding, some of the marketing and some of the sales aspects. Uh, if I would just completely let you say anything about like either the business or the whole space, what, what would that be? I think scalability. So scaling is, you know, at the forefront of our minds. And I think that's the biggest focus is how do we make this business scalable? That that's our number one priority right now. There's a lot that goes into that. So, yep. you know, so we're, we're in a, um, a period of uncertainty with Brexit. Yep. So the economy is potentially slowed down, maybe as a result of Brexit, but maybe it was going to slow down anyway because, you know, we've maybe reached the top of the cycle. But as you and I know, Frederick, I think we, we both started around about the same time in the UK, property yep. investing. Um, you know, when the economy slows down, that's actually one of the best times to buy because you're buying at the bottom of the cycle. Yes. And then when the cycle starts going up, and it's usually five to seven years in the southeast of UK, you know, you buy at the bottom and then sell at the top. So um, in terms of scaling, what we're looking at is our products, and it's probably more challenging for developers to buy and sell or flip, as the, yep. the expression in their property industry. Yes. So we're probably looking at... You know, how do we do deals or enable property developers to do deals where they can sell the properties, you know, in the next few years and, and not necessarily have to sell it at the end of the project. So they might be renting the properties out for a period and then selling down the track. I mean, as a developer, that's, that's a, like a, a perfect scenario. We have some flexibility where and also where you manage those expectations up front. So it doesn't just happen, but actually it's part of the package and the presentation from like day one. And I know that there are a few of those examples uh, on the platform right now today. So, yeah, that's, that's good. That's right. Yeah, and no, I think there are going to be more. So I guess the key challenge for us really is to help investors understand risk versus reward. So buy and sell deals are obviously a higher risk but potentially higher return, whereas maybe buy and then rent and then sell, it reduces the risk. It may reduce the profit slightly, but actually over the medium to long term period, the, the profits um, in my mind are safer and you know they're actually quite good returns. Okay, perfect. Have you held or sold properties so far? Yes, good question, Frederick. So yeah, so yeah, I mean most deals that I did before we set up Crowd with us were actually buy and sell. Um, I probably held 20% of the deals with investors who are happy to stick in cash and we'd rent them out. Yeah. Um, so we did do some of them. And, you know, I've still got some rental properties, same as you, Frederick. And I think that's actually the secret to scaling this business is not the, the quick buck mentality, you know, which 
probably all of us have to a degree, but I think if yeah, we can yeah. adopt the mentality where we buy and hold, as you're saying, Frederick, there's a lot more profit in that model long term and it reduces the risk. Yeah, I mean, personally for me in, in the UK, I, I've, I haven't sold anything yet. So I've pretty much been able to find a way to hold on to everything, which has been easier said than done. Yeah, uh, but of course, with like you said, with a with a nice trend in the market, that's been very good, uh, obviously. Yeah, so buying from 2008 to 20, yeah, 2013, and a bit, of course, later as well. Uh, those have many of them have doubled in value. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we've had the same. So yeah, looking back, I, I wish I'd actually been focused on that strategy more to yeah. hold more properties. Um, and that, that's actually one of the reasons that the idea of Crowd with us came up was to, you know, work with many more investors so that it's not ourselves now, but developers can hold the properties with the investors. It's much more profitable over the long term. Yeah. Okay. Uh, even a short request is about anything at all that brings to mind. Well, so about scaling a business, what's the best way? Is it internet maybe, or is that how you're going to scale your business or how are you going to scale it? Yeah, that's a good question even. So I, I think it's different for all businesses. You know? So certainly fintech, the, the financial combination with finance and tech, and i.e. digital marketing, that, that's one of the secrets for us. It might not be the same for other businesses, but actually probably 70-80% to 80% of businesses are able to scale faster these days using technology. So for us, yeah, the internet and, you know, digitization of the processes, that they're probably two of the most fundamental aspects that will enable us to scale. Yeah, and also the whole social media aspect as well, because you've got social media and combine that with efficient systems, uh, it becomes a very good combination. Yeah, if you've yeah. got uh, social media and you might become overwhelmed because you need to do everything manually, that's, that's a very different story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the internet marketing, that's probably one of the biggest reasons for having you know, our business on a platform. You know, it's ultimately about the scale, connecting with you know, thousands of people through a platform. Yes. Okay. I remember a time this uh, summer when we had a board meeting and we sat very much on the edge of a very tall building uh, looking down. Uh, yes. <laughs> Someone's flat. I think it's your flat. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was a, a good fun. Just uh, an example of putting something out on social media and see how people react. Uh, you never know. That's it. What's the expression? If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? 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 Um, I know that you work a lot and you keep yourself super busy. What? What do you do when you're not too too busy working? Uh, good question, Frederick. So probably like yourself, I, I don't. Well, actually, I don't have kids yet, but my wife and I like to spend time together. Yeah. Uh, she's in the country. She's actually sailing at the moment, so I do get to do, probably do a bit more work while she's away. Yep. I like to relax the mind, so similar to Rob Wilkinson, actually, we're both uh, really interested in meditation, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, being outdoors, probably like yourself, Frederick, um, we haven't ventured to your way yet, and that's something we want to do. Yeah, yeah we um, actually, the, the three of us, uh, Rob Pasnak, Rob W., myself and our partners, we all love the outdoor activities. Yeah, me too. Uh, last time I was out in the forest was like less than 48 hours ago. Yeah, so we drove him out into the countryside, into uh, to, to the family's forest, and uh, and then uh, said, we'll pick you up on Sunday. Yeah, right. and th- then, I, then I felt lonely. 
<laughs> and then they drove me home again. Yeah, we picked, picked yeah. up after a day instead of two and a half. Yeah. You lasted a day. Well, that's good effort. <laughs> I, c- I could have lasted longer, but I wanted to come home instead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, we've covered quite a lot of ground. I'm sure we'll come back to further conversations later. What is the best way to connect with you on any kind of uh, forum at all? Why can't yeah. people find you to start with? Well, so my name, Torportes, on either Facebook or LinkedIn, but our website, crowdwithus.london, is the easiest way to find us. Perfect. That sounds great. Any kind of last thoughts, Charlie, before we conclude uh, this uh, podcast? Well, I just think it's uh, I think it's great that you've been on the taking the time to be on this podcast. Yeah, I agree. Thank I've learned a bunch of stuff, even though I haven't talked a lot. I've listened a lot. So, how do you find the the business model as a concept? Well, I think it's very clever. I think it's a good way that everyone can leverage everything, and uh, I like the idea of when a lot of people work together, but everyone makes a profit. That's pretty cool. I think. Yeah, I think you've summed it up very well. <laughs> even collaboration. Yeah, cool. All right. Thank you very much for coming uh, on uh, our podcast tour, and uh, we'll see you soon back in London again. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie and Evan, and thanks, Frederick. Well done, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This has been episode 41 of Invest in You, and luckily, we've got a great five star review from Sweden. And this is how it goes I'm getting fundamental knowledge for business and having fun at the same time thank you thank you thank you thank you we actually and got, thank you for listening yeah we actually got uh, another nine stars uh, in sweden you might or might not know the the stars and the ratings and reviews are per country which is like really yes really so we love to get stars listeners reviews comments from all over the world of course thank you for listening take care this is episode 41 and bye bye